Hi everyone, welcome back to Talks in Class. I'm so happy that you are joining me today for another episode. And this is part one of a two-part episode, which will be fun. I don't think I've done an actual two-part episode yet. And you guessed it, I'm still here in Wisconsin, <laughs> coming to you from the time capsule bedroom. If you're watching a video, you can obviously see that. But by the time this podcast comes out, I will be at least nearing the end of my visit, I think, and headed back to LA, if not already there. But it's been fine, really. You know, it's been a longer visit than most, but it's been fine. Like I said last week, my mom and I got a lot of stuff done, and that's been great. And I got to see some friends, which is always nice, of course. Did some fun stuff too. Did a little shopping in my hometown. You guys know this if you're regular listeners of the podcast, but my hometown is super, super small. And when I was growing up, there really wasn't anything here. We had a gas station, a small grocery store that's still here. We had a bowling alley that we never went to really, but that was basically it. Like there wasn't anything entertaining for us as young people. But in the past couple of years, there's been this just boom of small businesses coming to or just opening in my hometown like on our little town square but we have three or four cute little boutiques now that sell clothes and jewelry and like home stuff and fun little gifty things we have a cute coffee shop that I go to all the time it's like perfect cozy coffee shop vibes it's just so fun it's fun to see all of this stuff here now and just to see all of these these women really local women open these businesses I think they're almost all owned by women which is cool and other than that, I have been digging through my old stuff. As usual, I found a bunch of old home movies, like VHS tapes from the camcorder. <laughs> and they are spectacularly cringe. I mean, there, there really isn't a word to convey the level of cringe. They're hard to watch, but fun nonetheless. It is actually pretty entertaining to watch them and see like what we're wearing and see my bedroom, what it looked like. So a lot of them were at my birthday parties and stuff. So they're filmed in my room. And my mom and I have been binge watching Schitt's Creek <laughs> again. I think I've probably watched it in full at least three times, maybe four times now. So as I mentioned, this is part one of a two-part episode. And this is a format that I have not done before, but I'm excited about it and I hope you guys like it. It is a mailbag episode, basically. Well, two mailbag episodes because you guys had a lot of really good questions that I wanted to answer. And these questions range all over the place that cover a bunch of topics from 2000s high school story times to fashion trends then and fashion trends coming back now to questions about my own content creation journey. So I hope you enjoy. And all of these questions came directly from you guys, podcast listeners. It's been a little over a year now that I have been doing this podcast and it's been so much fun. It felt like such a natural extension of the content that I do on social media, obviously, to do the podcast, but also just kind of a natural extension of me, just my interests, my life, just kind of an extension of myself <laughs> in a podcast format. And one of the things that I especially love about doing the podcast is that it gives me an opportunity to explore some of these topics a little bit more in depth because obviously social media content is very short, you know, for the most part, it's a couple minutes max, it's brief, but also my content generally is for laughs, right? It's silly. It's, it's not super serious. I keep it pretty surface level, especially since most of them are like under a minute long. 
So the podcast really gives me a place to explore those things and talk about them a little bit more in depth, but also in a little bit more of a real way instead of like just purely for laughs, especially a lot of topics that I talk about with you guys really often in DMs, comment sections, or whatever it might be. So on that note, I really wanted to do an episode dedicated to just answering questions from you guys. There's a lot of frequently asked questions in this episode, but also just some funny ones that I thought would be entertaining for you guys to hear about. Again, just in a little bit more in-depth way or a little bit longer answers than I could necessarily provide in something like a comment, reply, or even an Instagram AMA. So I have a collection of questions and also some story requests from you guys here, and I am going to answer them for you. So let's just jump right in. First question, and these are word for word from you guys. So first question, what is a popular industry that existed in the 2000s but doesn't today? And this is such a good question because so much has changed since the early 2000s or just the 2000s in general because of technology and just how rapidly technology advanced during that decade. So there could be a lot of answers here, but I'm going to say magazines because even with this little physical media resurgence that we've seen lately, which does make me so happy, but you know, we see people who are using digital cameras or even disposable cameras, which is so fun. And people are buying CDs and records and things like that magazines don't feel like they've had the same kind of comeback. And I feel like that's really because for the most part, everything that magazines used to provide for us, that has now been replaced by social media. So magazines, I think, unfortunately, are pretty much dead. And that makes me so sad because I loved magazines growing up because they were where I got my inspiration. You know, they gave me my inspiration for fashion and outfits, but also entertainment. They were kind of like a window to the outside world. Basically, again, all the things that social media now provide for us, I got from magazines, but I also had the added benefit of having a physical thing that I could cut up <laughs> and hang all over my bedroom walls, like a work of art, which I did. So it is really sad for me to see them gone. And I'm really happy that I have quite a few of them from back in the day, especially from around the year 2000. And actually, I will say that I still buy them when I can find them. A lot of them, unfortunately, have gone out of print, but there are some that still print. And I have my little routine where every couple of months I go to the little newsstand and I pick out the ones that I want. I usually get Vogue and maybe W or maybe Harper's Bazaar. And I buy them and I take them home and I read through them and I look at the pictures and it's a fun little tradition. So I do highly recommend picking up a physical print magazine if you can find them. Next question, what is an underrated trend that you don't see anywhere? I love this question, this is a fun one. I assume this means a throwback trend. Um, and I have a few answers to that. This is a, a conversation that I could kind of go on and on about. I actually made a couple of videos, I think a couple of videos on social media showing old pictures of myself and talking about these trends that I really loved that I don't really see talked about. And one of those things is capri pants. I mean, capri pants were so popular in the late 90s, but then also again in the mid 2000s. I've actually been watching The Hills again, which I do frequently. It's just kind of one of those shows that I always put on. But Lauren was really committed to the like cuffed denim capri pants, as was I. <laughs> I remember wearing a lot of those around like 2005, 2006, and I thought I looked really cool. But what I really think about when I think about capri pants is in the late 90s, those 
black kind of stretchy like almost dress pant material capri pants with the slit at the bottom hem I wore those all the time I literally thought they were so cool and looking back it looked like I was going to like a band concert or something but I loved those pants I wore them with like a little baby t-shirt and big platform flip-flops or my white chunky platform sneakers I am like 99% sure that I copied this look from Mary-Kate and Ashley. It just screams Passport to Paris to me, but don't quote me on that. I'd have to look to see if they actually wore this in Passport to Paris, but it just feels like Mary-Kate and Ashley. So capri pants are a big one. Also, the initial stuff, people talk about the initial purses a lot, but there were all of these different accessories and clothing items that you could buy with initials on them, and I was fully obsessed with this. I had at least two shirts with a cursive J on them around, I would say like 2003, 2004. And then the big silver rhinestone initial necklaces that were very popular. I had one with the J and actually Regina wears one in Bean Girls. It's the scene where she exposes the burn book. She has her big cursive R initial necklace and she's wearing it with this like black boat neck t-shirt with her little fake Louis Vuitton cherry blossom bag. Actually, while we're at it, uh, boat neck shirts. I had so many boat neck shirts, especially during this era, like 2003, 2004, like the Mean Girls time. But I actually, I also watched Sweet Home Alabama just last night and Reese Witherspoon wears a black boat neck top with these boots and this black and white skirt in one of the scenes. And I remember being fully obsessed with that outfit when that movie came out in 2002. So Boatnecks were really popular. I loved them because because the wide neck, it would show the straps of my lace tank top underneath. It was like <laughs> the full look, but I still love a good boatneck shirt. Biggest 2000s trends you see coming back in 2024. Oh, I am feeling such a mid to late 2000s vibe now, finally, after so many years. It feels like we've been in this like Y2K revival for so long. And I've talked about this a lot. I personally am just kind of sick of seeing the Y2K revival stuff, if I'm being totally honest. The mid to late 2000s, like that later half of the decade, those styles, they just feel so much more mature. It was kind of the early instances of the business casual stuff, but overall just much more mature, which is why I like that now. Like most of those Y2K styles are just a little too youthful for my personal tastes now at 36 years old. They were fun when I was 13, but not so much now. So I'm really welcoming this, this change. We've obviously seen ballet flats make a huge comeback, especially just this last fall. Kitten heels, pointed toe shoes, just in general, much more slim shoe silhouettes as opposed to the really chunky late 90s feeling shoes that we have been seeing for years. I'm seeing a lot less of like the big lug sole boots and a lot sleeker footwear, which just screams mid to late 2000s to me. And there's also a lot of 2000s indie sleeves in the air. And specifically, I have to say 2000s indie sleeves because I kind of view in my mind the 2000s indie sleeves and the later kind of cheesier 2010s version of the indie sleeves as two separate things. Like in my mind, they're two separate things. And what I'm feeling now feels a lot more like the cool kind of eclectic vintage inspired 2000s version of it. 
things like studs and just a lot of metals in general, fur or faux fur, hopefully, sheer tops, lace tops, just a lot of texture on clothes in general with the fur and the lace and the sheer and the studs and whatever. A lot of darker colors, obviously, lots of accessories, just bigger accessories. We're seeing like more statement type accessories versus like the tiny dainty things. And it really does feel like that sort of 2000s eclectic version of those indie trends. Not so much the American Apparel hot pants, like fast fashion kind of cheesy version that came later, which I don't really like. But the early stuff, I'm, I'm really welcoming the, the vibe shift that I'm feeling with that. And I think if we look at where we are culturally, you guys know I love talking about this, it makes sense that we're seeing more of that indie sleaze thing come in right now. It kind of feels like we skipped over the McBling. We went from Y2K to like this later 2000s thing, but it makes sense. Like economic times are tough right now for a lot of people. We're also collectively in this place where it feels like there's, there's this really big pushback against a lot of the pandemic isolation. Like people want to go out. People want to like party and do stuff. They want more in real life connections, they want experiences, they want just more authenticity. And I know that word is so overused, but I do think that it speaks to the indie sleaze vibes <laughs> really well. And in a lot of ways, I think where we are culturally right now in this post pandemic kind of economic downturn, it does feel like there are a lot of parallels between this and kind of that post 9-11 post McBling economic downturn that we experienced in the late 2000s. So it makes sense to me that these trends are kind of coming back around now. It seems fast, but they're here. The vibe shift is here. The next question is favorite year of college. And this is so hard because I loved college. I have so many good memories of college. And I think now that I'm far enough removed from it, I can appreciate it even more because college feels like not real, you know, like you're supposed to, when you graduate from high school, somehow feel like an adult and college almost felt like a step backward in terms of like <laughs> being an adult because I was living on my own. I didn't have supervision. So it's like, yeah, I had class at 8am, but I didn't have to go every, like I could just not go. And my parents didn't have to write me a note or call and say that I wasn't going. But anyway, I think if I had to pick a, a one year of college to be my favorite, I would go with 2009, which was my junior year. It should have been my senior year, but I took a year off earlier, which is a whole different story. It was such a fun year for so many reasons, but I think part of it was because I was a junior. So I was old enough to be out of those general requirement classes that I didn't really care about. And I was taking classes in my major, which I did actually really love. I loved what I studied. And I was 21, so I could go out, which I did, of course. And I was in a sorority, but again, because I was a little older, I was like past the point where the sorority was like, I had to go to every single event. And I kind of picked and chose what I wanted to do. But it was also just, it was 2009, okay? That was just a very iconic time <laughs> in the world, in popular culture. And a perfect time to be the age that I was. My tan has never been darker. I don't think my hair has ever been blonder. My side part definitely was never deeper <laughs> than it was in 2009. Everything I owned was like neon pink and leopard. I would cover myself in just a big cloud of Ed Hardy perfume in that pink bottle every single day before I left my hot pink and black and white <laughs> decorated bedroom. It was just, it was a moment. It was a moment in time and it was just a beautiful time to be a college student. <laughs> 
The next question says, you seem like someone who would have intimidated me in high school. Were you kind slash friendly? And this question made me laugh because it's so funny how people from these little exaggerated social media characters or just based off of the little snippets they see of my real life will make these or have these sort of perceptions about you. And it's kind of funny to me, like what people will assume from my social media content. Like every time I mention my height, I'm 5'4", by the way, but every time I mention my height, a bunch of people will comment and say, oh my God, I thought you were so much taller. Everybody specifically guesses 5'9 or 5'10". That's the, the height that everybody thinks that I am until I tell them that I'm actually 5'4". I have no idea why. But anyway, to answer the actual question, I guess it depends on who you ask, <laughs> but I would absolutely say that I was friendly. I was kind of the floater friend. I had my one super close best friend who I did everything with. Like she and I were basically one person for most of high school. But then outside of her, I kind of hung out with a bunch of different friend groups. Like I had a friend probably in almost every single friend group. And when I really think about it, I didn't really have like a core friend group throughout high school. I had like three or four different core friend groups. I had my close friends from elementary school, the girls that I had known my whole life and been friends with. And then I had a couple of really close friends in the class above me. And then I had another group of friends in the class above me that was like a little bit bigger that I spent a ton of time with. And then I had another small group of girls that I hung out with. They were like my hippie friends. <laughs> so I was definitely friendly. I was like kind of friends with everybody. I was the floater friend. That's the best way to describe it. I do remember getting into two really big fights with girls in high school, but actually both of those fights were with my two best friends from high school. One was with a girl that later became my pretty much my best friend, but we weren't friends yet. We got into a big fight when I was a sophomore and she was a freshman. And then the other one was at a party with my best friend, the one that we were attached at the hip. I have no idea what it was about, but I remember us getting into a huge fight. So for the most part, I wasn't like in dealing with drama with people except for a couple isolated incidents, but I did participate in hazing the freshman girls, which is so awful. And I don't know, my high school had sort of this weird view on hazing. I mean, this was 20 years ago, but it still feels unbelievable to me when I think back on it. We had essentially a hazing day. It was kind of like dazed and confused where the older kids would all haze the freshmen on this like designated day. I mean, we didn't cover them in food or drive them through a car wash, but it was kind of an unspoken rule. Like everybody knew, everybody participated once they got to being a senior. And I was hazed so badly as a freshman and honestly I don't I don't know I don't remember it bothering me very much to be totally honest I had the mindset definitely at that point of like this is just what happens when you're a freshman it's not personal and I will do it too when I am a senior and I I did I remember playing like a prank on this one specific girl when I was a senior and it was kind of mean it was just like it's just not necessary and she's the nicest girl too like I still talk to this girl once in a while so I did participate in things like that, which is very gross looking back and just embarrassing for all of us. I get that it was high school, but could we not find anything else to do with our time? But otherwise, yes, I do think that I was mostly nice. I was definitely friendly, but mostly nice as long as you were on my good side. Next question says, could we get a detailed recap of the American Girl warehouse sale? And I've talked about this sale a few times and you guys, I wish I could remember more details about this. A lot of other people who I've talked to 
who also remember going to the sale have helped fill in the gaps in my memory because it's foggy. I was really young when we did this, but essentially the Pleasant Company, which is the company that owned American Girl, made American Girl dolls originally, was based in Wisconsin, which is where I grew up. And each year, I think it was once a year, they would have this warehouse sale where they would sell a bunch of stuff for very, very discounted prices. I'm sure it was, you know, stuff that was slightly flawed or overstock, whatever. I don't, I didn't care why it was cheap. It was cheap and I loved it. I got so much stuff at this warehouse sale. I actually found something the other day that it was like a little doll accessory for one of the dolls and it had a price tag on the back that said a dollar. Like I got American Girl accessories for $1. That's insane. Even for the 90s. I remember like probably 90%, maybe more, the vast, vast majority of the furniture that I had for my dolls. Like anything that was expensive, a lot of the most more expensive accessories. I got it all at the warehouse sale rather than from the catalog because it was so expensive. But the other thing is because it was the warehouse sale, they obviously didn't have everything. So sometimes I'd end up with like random stuff for dolls that I didn't even have or kind of like mismatched sets. I remember buying Felicity clothes for my Samantha doll and I was like, whatever, it's, it's close enough. She can wear Felicity's clothes. But it was amazing and it did allow me to get way more stuff. And Often it would allow me to get the stuff that I wanted from the catalog, but otherwise probably would have never gotten because it was so expensive. And I also just have to say that my mom recently told me that my grandma was the one who actually bought me all of the American Girl stuff that I did get from the catalogs, which I, I didn't remember. But when I tell you guys, my grandmother was the cheapest woman on the planet. Like she hated spending money. She would not spend money. So I was surprised by that, but also it, that's just so cute and sweet. She probably set money aside all year just so that she could justify buying me that Samantha doll for Christmas or whatever it was. How was your experience starting high school trends slash interests? This is a fun question to answer right now at this particular time because I am at home and I recently found some videotapes, like VHS home movie videotapes from high school. And it is, it's wild to me to see actual video from me from this time because most of the home movies that I have are from elementary school, maybe middle school, but by high school, we weren't really like playing around with the camcorder at sleepovers. We were driving around and doing other things to waste time. So I haven't really been able to see a lot of video of myself from this time. And it's like really crazy to see it. But on one of them, I found a speech that I gave for my senior year speech class where my teacher made us record all of our speeches so that we could self-evaluate, which even watching it now, it's like painful to watch. But this is from 2005. And the speech is what advice I would give to people starting high school. And it is so funny. I basically say like, don't slack off on your schoolwork but have fun and don't talk back to seniors <laughs> because they'll be really mean to you. <laughs> so I started high school in the fall of 2001. So it was still very much in that Y2K time period. Looking back, my high school experience really saw that huge shift from Y2K to Mick Bling, like from the 90s to the 2000s, basically that fashion shift, culture shift that really happened while I was in high school. But when I started, we were still in that Y2K thing. We were doing a lot of the, the surf aesthetic. We were wearing zigzag parts, a lot of frosted makeup. My eyebrows were basically non-existent. Like they looked like Christina Aguilera's and it was awful. During that 
at least the first half of my freshman year, I still really felt like a kid. It's so bizarre that you go from middle school to high school because middle school feels like you're such a child and then you go to high school and you're supposed to be like more grown up. And it really wasn't until later in freshman year or even maybe the summer before my sophomore year that I started to feel like, oh, I'm, I'm in high school now. Like I'm not actually a child anymore. But when I started high school, I mean, my friends and I were still doing all the same kind of stuff that we liked to, to do in middle school. My friend and I would have sleepovers and watch Empire Records over and over and chat with people on AIM all night or take stupid pictures with a disposable camera or maybe have one of our parents drive us 20 minutes to the mall and wander around if we were really lucky that day. I remember being very into American Eagle and Abercrombie and kind of that whole aesthetic at the time, but I was also very, very into the sort of Western boho thing that was happening around this time with like peasant blouses and fringed belts. And if you ever watched So Little Time <laughs> with Mary-Kate and Ashley, it was a very short-lived sitcom that they did. Their fashion in that is exactly what my style was around that time when I started high school. I was like fully obsessed with all of their outfits. But by later in freshman year, definitely by the summer after freshman year, going into sophomore year, I started going out a lot more and I'd hang out with the older kids and mostly we would just drive around listening to burn CDs. I don't think that I ever went to any actual big parties my freshman year because it was one thing to be hazed at school, but I don't think I would have been quite bold enough to show up at an actual like big party. I think I would have been a little, <laughs> a little too afraid to do that. But I did hang out with a lot of people older than me in smaller, more informal settings, basically doing nothing because we had nothing to do. And hanging out with older kids is a big reason why I got hazed so badly. The older girls did not appreciate that my little friends and I hung out with the guys in their classes or even the girls that were their age, honestly, because some girls were nice to me, thankfully. And I had senior friends before I even started freshman year because they were like older siblings of my friends, so I knew them. And by them kind of adopting me as like their freshman that they were gonna take under their wing, basically I walked into that school with a target already on my back from the very first day. And some of the stuff they did was pretty mean looking back. One time I was a guest on this local access television show that my friends did, which means that it was on TV, but it was only people like in the county could see it. But it was on TV and I was a guest and a couple of older girls called into the show and basically called me a dog on the show. I have it taped actually, I just I just watched it the other day and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I kept a straight face while it was happening. Now, I don't think that I would handle it the way that 15 year old Jenna handled it, but I kept my cool and I definitely, remember those things. Those things come to mind when I think about starting high school, but even so, I still had a really good experience starting high school. I have fond memories from my freshman year. My freshman year was really fun, even with the mean <laughs> older girls. And a lot of them, to be fair, ended up being actually very nice people who I became friends with later at some point anyway. So speaking of high school memories, I am going to wrap up part one of this Q&A with a list because I gotta keep with the tradition of the list. And we are just gonna keep with the theme of that last question for this list, which is my top five most memorable moments, not favorite, <laughs> but most memorable moments from my freshman year of high school. Number five is fashion design class, 
which was basically just an amazing rebrand for home Mac, but specifically sewing. It was a sewing class. <laughs> we learned how to sew, but it was called fashion design. And we thought that, that sounded very cool. So we learned, I don't know how to use a pattern to make a garment, what kind of needle the sewing machine needed for different types of fabric and the different types of stitches and I'm sure other things, but this was in 2002. So give me a little bit of a break. It's been a long time. I don't actually remember that much from this class. But what I do remember about fashion design class is that I had it with a bunch of my friends and it was actually so fun. I think we actually took a class field trip to the fabric store to buy supplies to make our little projects, which I'm sure some people made like blankets or pillows, but my friends and I naturally decided to make clothes. You guys, I made a halter top. A, I made a halter top in high school. <laughs> and the fabric that I chose for my halter top had cherries all over it because it was 2002. <laughs> I could still picture it. It was actually kind of cute, my little halter top it had like the gathered neck so you could tighten it and then tie the halter and the little cherry print i also remember somehow i discovered a pattern for yoga pants like a flared yoga pant and i i mean i churned out several pairs of yoga pants in every single variation of stretchy material that joanne fabrics had to offer i was cranking them out i could have had my own little underground yoga pants market I made so many of them. I wonder what happened to them. I mean, considering that I made them myself when I was 15, they probably didn't last too long, but it was fun in the moment. Number four is the freshman hazing day for my freshman year and the infamous t-shirts. I have mentioned this in a few episodes, but like I just explained, our school essentially had a kind of unofficial hazing day for freshmen. And each year they would kind of do something different. I don't know, it wasn't like the same hazing activities, hazing rituals, if you will, every year. For my freshman year hazing day, the girls decided to get extra creative and they made t-shirts for all of us that basically made fun of us. Like whatever it was that you got made fun of in school, they put it on a t-shirt and then they handed them out to all of us at the beginning of the school day for us to wear all day long. And I don't remember all of what mine said. It's, I'm sure it said a couple different things on it, but I think it was across the back. It said bark, bark or barks, bark, bark, maybe. And this was of course insinuating that I was a dog, uh, but also a play on my last name, Barclay. Some people called me Barks, which looking back, that's unfortunate. I should have nipped that <laughs> before it got to this point. But anyway, not great, but definitely could have been worse. There were some pretty mean ones from what I remember. Like mine comparatively was not that bad. So they handed them all out to us and we decided to just go along with the joke and wear them all day. Like we didn't make a big deal out of it. We just put them on. And I even have a group photo of all of us girls in our t-shirts at the end of the day. I think I'll have to dig that up and see if I can read mine. Not the best day, but definitely a memorable one. Number three, getting my belly button pierced in Iowa <laughs> specifically. When I was a freshman in high school, I desperately wanted to get my belly button pierced. And so did my best friend at the time. We had cool moms, or at least they were cool about some things, some other things, not so much, but putting holes in our flesh, they weren't against that as long as it wasn't on our face. It wasn't legal though in Wisconsin to get a belly button piercing if you were under 16 years old. Even with a parent, 
you couldn't get a belly button piercing legally in Wisconsin. But guess where it was legal? In Iowa. And I don't remember why we went to Iowa. It wasn't for the belly button rings. <laughs> but for some reason, we were going to Iowa, like the four of us, me, my friend, and both of our mothers. So we got this idea to convince our mothers to take us to get our belly buttons pierced when we were in Iowa. And somehow we convinced them to say yes to this. I'm actually still kind of shocked about this. I don't know. My mom was I guess pretty chill about that kind of stuff. When I came home with a lower back tattoo in 2005, <laughs> that was a different story. But the belly button, she said yes. And so anyway, we went. And when I tell you, you guys, I have never in my life felt so cool as I felt when I walked back into high school that next Monday morning with a belly button ring as a freshman, even though it hurt so freaking bad. Like I just remember I couldn't sit down because if your jeans touched it, it hurt so bad. It was an unimaginable pain. I was also absolutely terrified that it was going to get ripped out somehow. I was convinced it was going to ripped out if I just breathed too hard or I don't know, played dodgeball in gym, obviously. Like I was terrified of everything. But we were the first of our friend group to get the belly button ring. And I obviously ended up going with every single one of my friends to get theirs done when the time came, which usually was when they turned 16 because we could just drive across the river to Minnesota and they would pierce you without a parent <laughs> at 16 in Minnesota. And like many girls in the early 2000s, my belly button ring obviously was my entire personality for several years. And yes, I had a Playboy Bunny belly button ring in 2003. Number two, my glitter Z Cavarici jeans. I am so proud <laughs> to say that I still own these from my freshman year of high school. So I bought them in September of 2001. One, they are dark, stretchy denim with silver glitter on them. And somehow the glitter is still holding on even after what, 23 years, it's still perfectly intact. And I remember that my friend and I specifically bought these jeans for homecoming week, our freshman year to wear for twin day, which was basically just the theme day where everybody would put together the most ridiculous outfit that they could come up with. And then your friend would wear the same ridiculous outfit. So our twin day look that year, I would say could best be described as Lizzie McGuire inspired. <laughs> it was glitter jeans, these red tank tops. It was bright red and it had this very busy pattern on it. I don't even remember what it was, but it was just like a lot going on on the shirt with the glitter jeans. And then we crimped our hair and we wore a lot of glittery eye makeup, probably like glitter on the face too. It was just a lot of, <laughs> a lot of glitter and crimped hair. Not the most creative when I think about it, but the glitter jeans truly have stood the test of time. I was so excited when I found them in the garage a couple of years ago. I quite literally like actually screamed <laughs> when I found them. My mom thought I saw a dead mouse or something, but it was just my glitter jeans. Number one, my most memorable experience from my freshman year, skipping school and getting caught doing it. Now, little teaser here. I am going to share this full story in part two of this episode, but let me just, let me just preface it and say this. My freshman year, three of my friends and I made truly the worst plan ever to skip school. I can't express how poorly planned this adventure was. And we were skipping school to do absolutely nothing, by the way. We did not have something fun planned. The plan was just don't go to school. I don't even know why, but we quickly, very, very quickly got caught. I don't even think we made it to lunchtime <laughs> before the principal was writing out our detention slips. Our plan 
miserably, terribly failed. It crashed and burned in the worst possible way. We got caught completely red-handed. I got in so much trouble with my parents, so much trouble. I remember this was the first time that I really did something bad. You know, the first time I, I rebelled or did something that I, I needed to be grounded for or punished for in my life, I think. So it did not end well. We could have planned better. And again, not the best memory, but absolutely the most memorable thing that I did my freshman year. And now it's been long enough that I can, I can laugh. I can look back and I can laugh at my stupidity really, because it, it was very stupid. <laughs> so definitely be sure to listen next week so you can catch that full story, which I will share and the rest of the Q and A from you guys. There are a lot of good questions left. And as always, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I always appreciate it so much that you guys choose to listen. And thank you to those of you who submitted questions. Also, there were a lot of really fun ones. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this. If you did enjoy it, I always appreciate it if you share the podcast with somebody or share it on your social media, however you can help get the word out. It's very helpful to me. And I'll be back next week with that part too. So I'll talk to you then. Bye.